Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. I, I want to share with you a message tonight called Turn and Burn. And uh, I know, right? I'm thinking, well, this guy, he's really old or old school or something. But no, it's not turn or burn. See, that was the problem that a lot of preachers used to preach that kind of message. But we're not going to go there. They've got their Bibles. Turn to, turn. I know I say turn a lot. A lot of people don't turn anymore. Switch it on. I heard a couple of weeks ago, though, if you've got a Samsung, just keep it in your pocket. Save you the social embarrassment. But if it starts getting hot, all right, now you've got a concern. Please leave the building and throw it as far as you can. It's about to explode, okay? Uh, We don't want that happening. So uh, Exodus 3, I love this passage. Uh, It speaks to me so much about the encounter of God, encountering God. And and, um, I want to tell you today that out of everything that's ever happened in my life, the things that I remember the most are the, the times that I encountered Jesus. In times I encountered, like, like, um, like if you ask the kids, you know, or whatever, what was, what was your best thing out of today? Or what was the moment that you remembered? You don't really remember anything that the preacher says. Right? Like, even as adults, we struggle. We, but we remember the moments that we had where God touched us where the Holy Spirit came into the service, where people were crying and people were on their knees. And something in that moment, something changes us forever. And we remember those times. We remember them forever. And I want to share with you a few of my encounters uh, tonight. But let's start with this passage and then pray. Uh, it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and he came to Horeb. Somebody say Horeb. The mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, right? The bush was burning with fire, and, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside and looked, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near to this place. Take off your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Somebody say, turn and burn. Hit your neighbor and say, turn and burn. (laughs) Some people literally hit their (laughs) neighbours. Slap your other neighbour and say, turn and burn. Encounter encounter leads to loyalty. Loyalty leads to obedience. Obedience leads to trust. Trust leads to authority. Authority leads to power. And the power is what leads you to the promise. It, but it all must start at encounter. 
I tell you what, if you want your promised land or your promised thing that you're believing for, your miracle in God, you want something that you're believing for beyond your capability, I want to tell you tonight, you need to get on your knees. You need to encounter Jesus. You need to encounter Him and His presence because it's the encounter that leads you to the promised land. But it's got to start there. Come on, let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for tonight. I thank you for today. I thank you for Bright Church, and I thank you for what you're doing in this place. And I just prophesy right now a great revival over this church, a great revival in the people, in every single person, from the youngest to the oldest, all across this region. Father, we just call out right now a great harvest of souls to come into your kingdom through this church, through this building, through this place. And Lord, we speak it out now that angels be sent out tonight to minister to people from the north to the south, the east, the west, all across uh, um, Melbourne right now, all across the eastern suburbs. Lord, we call them into your kingdom in Jesus' mighty name. That loved ones, that uh, family members, that brothers, sisters, mums and dads, cousins, aunties and uncles, come into your kingdom right now. Why? Because we prayed for them. Why? Because we sent out your spirit, your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we call them in tonight today in this moment this year and in the next six months this church will increase it will go from strength to strength it will begin to build service after service after service in Jesus mighty name somebody give a good amen Amen. come on give a shout of praise to the king of kings and the lord of lords well that prayer went for a a while that's all we've got time for tonight got carried away <laughs> you today is the day you need to encounter the fire of God you must encounter uh, the fire of God but for to do that you've got to go to the mountain of God <clears throat> excuse me that was all that praying before you've got to go to the mountain of God it's quite incredible isn't it it's the first thing we see here if you want to see the miraculous You've got to go to the mountain of God. It's right up there. You can write it down. You can take a photo. You can do whatever you want. It says here, Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back side of the desert. I don't know, something about me being a boy. Every time I read that, back side of the desert. Anyway, let's forget it. And, I'll never grow up. And came to Horeb. The mountain of God. God spoke to me something quite significant about this place. You see, uh, it, we've got the mountain of God here and it's called Horeb. If you've noticed that, it's written there, Horeb. It's called the mountain of God. But it's something happens, something quite significant changes because I don't know if you've read the Bible, if you've read Exodus, but you go through Exodus and you get to chapter 20 and Moses goes back to the mountain of God. But it's not called Horeb anymore. Has anyone noticed that? It's called Sinai. And, and, and at Sinai, something incredible happens, right? Uh, we get the Ten Commandments. Uh, Moses encounters God. We get, excuse me. I thought, it's a little late for kookaburras. I'm thinking... Should be all in bed by now. Something incredible happens. 
right? It changes. Name. God, uh, Moses encounters God. He sees him, meets him, walks past the cleft of the rock. And, and he has an incredible encounter with God. Uh, the children of Israel are there. Uh, there's millions, uh, a million people in the wilderness coming down. You know, there's thunder, there's lightning. It's incredible. Everything's happening at that time in Mount Sinai, Exodus 20. If you want to look it up yourself and read it all about it, it's quite an amazing encounter. But here we are, 20 chapters earlier, or not quite, 17 chapters earlier. And we've got Moses, same guy, same mountain, but it's called Horeb. And no one's there. God spoke to me and said, Daniel, you know what? Everybody wants to go to Sinai, but nobody wants to go to Horeb first. It's the same place of encounter. You see, you see, at Sinai, everything's going off. God's doing the light show, the lightnings, the thunder, the trembling, the people rejoicing. Everyone's dancing around. Moses' phone's blowing up overnight. It's, the batteries died because of all the Instagram followers he started getting. Everybody's following. The whole nation's following him. Everywhere he goes, they're following him. It's a quite incredible experience. Everybody wants that experience. But what's happening at Horeb? What is he doing there? All he's leading is a bunch of goats. And goats aren't really good for anything at all. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <clears throat> they just uh, stink. They just poo probably a lot. And uh, bah, meh, I don't know. Uh, they, well, now we know that they do a lot of other things on uh, YouTube. They go, ah! and things like that. We, uh, we never knew that before, but now we know. Thank God. And now they can, you could do a, you know, a Taylor Swift song and then ah! in the middle of it just seems to work. I don't know what it is. But goats, I mean, they can't do anything. They can't really, uh, they can't like your phone. They, they don't have the dexterity. They just have a hoof and they'll probably just smash no, anyway, it just, what good is a goat? See, God said everybody wants the glory, but nobody's willing to pay the price to go to this place of encounter. See, no one's there at Horeb. No one cares at Horeb. No one cares if you're suffering, if you're crying, if you're on your knees, if you're spending days and hours in prayer and fasting. No one cares about Horeb. God wants to know, do you care? Do you care enough? See, I'll give you this. I'll give you Sinai. I'll give you the, the glory. The glory will come, but the breakthrough's got to come first. You can't have your glory without the breakthrough first. I want to encourage you, don't follow the crowd and what they're doing. Follow the cloud, if you know what that means. It's God's presence, His power. Get in love with following that and not people. Next thing is, if you want, if you, if you want to, his power, you must spend time in his presence. It's right there. If you want his power, you must spend time in his presence. It says here, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. You've got to get into his presence every time you can. You've got to have an encounter. I want to tell you, uh, once when I was uh, about seven, eight years old, I was, uh, I'm from Adelaide. I was born in Adelaide and uh, go the crows. I'm 
I don't even know. I don't really support them. Um, <clears throat> only if they're in the final. And um, grew up in Adelaide. And uh, my parents were leading a church. And I remember this time was a really significant time. It was really a scary time, actually, for all of us. Um, because there was, we had a whole bunch of witches and warlocks attacking the local church. It was really strange. And this was the eight, yeah, I know, right? It was the eighties. I don't know. We were moving in signs and wonders and the power of God, and people were getting set free, healed, delivered. It was quite a regular part of our services. But a lot of the pastors were coming back with reports that you know there'd be burnt uh, Bibles at the doorsteps. There would be chickens' blood and pentagrams and all these inscriptions and uh, all this sort of stuff was happening, and it wasn't fun at all for a seven-year-old. That freaked me out I was so afraid I was frightened my parents thought I wasn't listening I heard the whole conversation in the car scary times not a good place to be right I remember going to bed like quivering like a leaf and I'm so sad and I'm so scared that the witches are going to come to our house and I remember my mum put me to bed that night she said we're just going to pray a simple prayer. You don't need to be afraid anymore. God's going to send his angels to protect you. And they're always going to be with you. At about 3 a.m., I woke up and there was an angel in my bedroom standing over me. So bright and the, the glory like shone so bright. His head went through the ceiling. And I could even see inside the roof, the joists, the, everything inside the roof. It was like it was transparent. It went through. It was so mighty. It had massive wings tucked behind it. It was wearing armor. And it walked up to me, put its hand on my head. And as it did that, I just went, bang, I was gone. I was like in this trance, like completely wiped out, could not move. Went to sleep. I had the best night's sleep in my life. <laughs> If you ever want to sleep really good, get an angel to come into your room (laughs) and touch you. Wow. Uh, I didn't think I'd get so emotional about that. But that's the the power of the encounter. That will never leave me. And I've gone through some really tough times in my life and I haven't seen an angel. But I know that it's there. Do you see what happens when you go through the encounter? The significance of it, how powerful it can be. Now, I think I've got a bit of snot hanging out my face. Don't take a photo, please, right now. You've got to encounter him. It says here that the angel of the Lord, in, in this case, is it's actually referring to the actual Lord, the angel of the Lord. It's God's fullness of power. See, if you want to receive power, the Bible says in Acts 1.8, it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you will be my witnesses. See, we need to have an encounter with His Holy Spirit if we want to receive power tonight. You need to come into a covenant with His power before you can understand, even comprehend His presence. You must be baptized in the Holy Spirit before you can understand the signs and wonders He's got prepared for you. And you need to know this. I prayed for years that people would fill my church, fill the departments, fill everything. And there's nothing wrong with praying for, for that. 
God interjected in my prayer meeting one time and he said, Daniel, stop. I can show you millions of pastors all around the world praying for people to fill their seats in churches. He said, when are you going to pray that my power fills the church? And I fell to my knees and I started to cry and I always think if someone was watching me on the outside, it would look really weird. But I had an encounter with God in that moment. I started to pray that his power would fill the church rather than people. I hated seeing empty chairs because an empty chair never gave its life to Jesus. I never baptized one of our chairs before. (laughs) One's been baptized tonight, obviously. (laughs) It had no choice. Um, I've never seen a chair filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. That would be really strange. So, you know, it's, as a pastor, you want to pray that these things, they, they, they get filled, that there's people in the house. But it wasn't until this revelation that God gave me, the power comes before the people. Once the power fills your life, once the power fills the church, then people want to come and see. Then you become the witness. Then you go to the nations. Oh, come on, somebody who's excited. I feel like you're about to get ready to encounter Jesus tonight. It's all about to happen. See, if you want a a powerful and effective life, you must turn and burn. It says here, then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush does not burn. If you want to burn for God, There's a choice, there's a decision that you've got to make tonight, today, to turn aside from what you're doing, to change your life, to go from one place to another. See, Moses was on his way, he was headed in this direction, but he had to make a conscious decision. I will now turn aside and go and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. You've got to make a change today. Change your mindsets, change your thinking pattern, change your thought processing, change, change, change. It's got to happen. Our lives are running sometimes in this way and God's saying, hang on a second, I want you over here. I want you in this building. I need you in Bright Church right now. And you're like, hang on, something's going on over there, but I'm not sure. Maybe I'll just keep going for a little bit longer this way. No, 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 no. See, what Moses did was he had to make a conscious decision to now turn aside. Turn from that lifestyle. Turn from those weights. Give up Netflix for a while. Go to Stan instead. No, no. <laughs> There's better shows. No. Uh, change. Change what you're doing. Turn from it. Amen. If you want God's fire, you must live by faith. You've got to answer the call tonight. Verse 4 says, So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Wow, this is awesome. I don't know if you're picking this up already, but how cool is this? It says here, once the Lord saw. Somebody hit their neighbor and say, once the Lord saw. See, it's only once God sees you move. 
So many of us are waiting. We're idle Christians, you know, just sitting in our easy chair, our recliner, whatever, lazy. I don't even know if they have those anymore. But just kicking back, waiting for God to call you. Come on, Lord, when will it be my turn to be up there and do the seven, seven thing? Come on, I've been waiting for ages. When is it going to be my turn? Lord, when, 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 when are you going to give me this and that and this and that and that? While we're just sitting doing nothing. Come on, I know that we have seasons of waiting. I've waited for years and years and years. But hey, while you're waiting, why don't you get on your knees and worship? Do something with your life. See, it was only once he stepped out in faith. Once he turned and went, you know what, this is intriguing. I don't know what it is. I mean, the bush is on fire. Who walks, runs towards a fire? But it's only once he walked, started to walk towards it. See, that's the step of faith we need to take. When nobody's saying nothing, God isn't telling you anything. He's not speaking to you clearly at all. He's not speaking at all. And then you go, ah, scary. It's scary. Reminds me of the first time I started praying for people to get healed. I wasn't hearing nothing. I wasn't seeing nothing. But I knew that I I, I was to never give up. Just keep praying. Just keep praying. Just keep praying. No answers. No answers. No answers. Just keep praying. See, this is what happens. And then once you keep doing that and God sees your faith, then he says, Moses, Moses. Moses, Moses, when it's written twice, it usually means that it's, it's loud. He's just gone, Moses, once, really big. Boom, like that. It's huge. Moses, Moses, then he calls. I think once he saw him go, then he calls. If you want to see God move, you must be obedient. And he said, here I am. Here I am. Now, this is quite interesting here. I am, it's only... Written, I think, one other time in, I think it's Isaiah 6, 8, where, where, where uh, it's Isaiah saying, Here I am, Lord, send me. There's, a, it's a, there's different here's. Now, I know the English language is, um, what do you call it? Rubbish. And uh, <laughs> it doesn't explain a lot. If you look up your Bible, your, your, your commentary, your uh, concordance, it gives you the Hebrew, it gives you the Aramaic, it gives you the Greek for the New Testament. You know, who knows this? Yeah. Two people. All right. Um, no. <laughs> Go to Bible college. Uh, see, and this one is quite significant. This here, it's called Hine, right? There's two here's Hine, Hine, and Hine, right? Hine is different from Hina. Hina is just a, 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 what do you call it, a passive term, a passive use for the word. Go here, over there, there, here, here, whatever, over there. But here I am, here I am, the way he says it, Hina is a response to say, I give you my all. It's not just about a, a directional use of the term. Let me, let me clarify it for you. Years ago, uh, I used to play on a, a soccer team. I, I actually played in the state league. I was quite good. State one, uh, division one, division two, division one, a couple of divisions below the national league at the time. And uh, I gave it all away to follow Jesus, praise God. I was, there was a calling to play for Liverpool and win the Champions League. But I gave it all up. 
for Jesus, for you tonight. And, um, but I, you know, I cheer them on from the sidelines. If they ever want to call me up, I'm still available <clears throat> to pray for them if they get injured. Right. And I'm, I've gev- given that up, but then I feel this like I need to do something with my life, you know, like an extra hobby. And so I start doing playing indoor soccer. And I have this team, I have this group of guys in my youth group, and they said, Hey, Pastor Batesy, they used to call me, Pastor Big Papa, they used to call me. I was a lot bigger then. Uh, Big Bubba, they used to call me. And, uh, they're all South Sudanese. And they said, We want you to join our team. It's called the Black Stars. <laughs> I was like, You know it. <laughs> I start feeling all different, you know, like, oh, Yeah. Yeah, you do. That's right. Uh, you know, you want me to join the Black Stars? Of course, of course. Why not? <laughs> and so I remember walking out there, uh, Black Stars, uh, uh, team of all South Sudanese uh, soccer players, and here's me, MJ, walking out. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, here we go, the Black Stars are here, and it's me. But what happened was, what changed was, they didn't speak a word of English. They only spoke Arabic. And so I'm like going, what are we doing? I can't understand anything, but I had to pick it up. All of a sudden, they're like screaming at me, all different stuff. Ah, yella, 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 yella. You're like this. Arja, arja, arja. I'm shikadam. I'm shikadam. I'm shikadam. Hina, 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 hina. I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. Poof. I'm like, what just happened? And this word that they kept saying, hina, 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 hina. I'm like, what are you saying? It's saying here. Pass the ball here. Pass the ball here. So I quickly picked up this, these different words, these different terminology, different things. And this is a different here. It's not just passive. Do you get it? It's not just go from here to here, 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 over there, here. This is a, right? Everything. It's an action word. It's I am here, but to do something great with my life. Amen? Amen. Gee, that was a lot of explaining, wasn't it, for just one it was a good story, though. Did you enjoy it? Should I share it again? For like, Here I am, send me. Right? If you want to see the fire of God, you must take off any limitations. It says, then he said, do not draw near to this place. Take off your sandals. Take off your sandals, off your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. And I've thought a lot about this and I, I, I looked it up. It's only mentioned another time to Joshua and, and I thought, what's with the sandals? Didn't you want to crease them? Were they, you know, Jerusalem 11s? I don't know. <laughs> Take your sandals off your feet. The place you're standing is holy ground. I, I thought so much about this and, 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 you know, I looked up all the commentaries about it. Like, what does it mean? People talk about it speaks as past shame and, you know, like Jesus saying, you know, uh, wipe your sandals, you know, uh, clear the dust off. And I'm like, yeah, but that's a lot longer later. It sort of can't be referring to back then the same thing. And then God showed me this picture. And I had to go all the way back 
to TAFE to find the answer. Believe it or not, this is how Aussie I am. I went to TAFE, people. It gets even more Aussier. Do you know what I did at TAFE? Dogging, rigging, scaffolding. Aussie as. I did this course in, in dogging and rigging, and, and we had to operate a crane. And it was like they, they wheeled in this TV, you know, on the, with the VCR. And that's not just showing my age, it's just showing how dodgy the TAFE was. Um, <laughs> they played this instructional DVD uh, video of uh, what, what to do when the crane boom hits the power lines. It wasn't if, it was when. And uh, <laughs> what happens is a surge of power will go through the, the crane and fill the cabin. But what you've got to do is you've got to go through these checks. First thing was make sure you're wearing the right gear. Uh, second thing was you've got to get out of the, the, the cabin. But you can't just step out. Do you know that? If there's, it says because what happens is the electricity will come down through the power lines. The full voltage will hit that cabin and film uh, the ground around it, the surrounding ground. So it goes, the, the power goes into the ground and you can't walk on ground that's full of power because it says what happens is if you step like that, you create an arc and it bridges between your legs and can fry you, right? It will fry you. So what you've got to do is you've got to actually put your feet together and hop. And so you've you got to get out like this once you get out of the crane. And when you get, oh, the hands are optional, I like to... <laughs> Just add that in because I'm so Australian. Um, so <laughs> you can't actually step. I don't know if you're getting that, but you, you can't step in. See, there was something about Moses when he stepped out into the presence of God, stepped into the presence of God. What it does is it actually it creates a, a, an arc. It creates a bridge of his power, of his fire. It's something, it's something transforming. Something changes in the atmosphere. You think it's just, it's just spiritual, but actually even in the natural, power can literally fill the ground and taking a step into it can be fatal. But when you step into God's power, into his presence, it can be life-changing, exactly the same. Some Something happens to you. But hey, there was this other point that the guy made. Make sure that you're wearing safety boots. Why safety boots? Because they're insulated. What's with the insulation? It only has to be about an inch thick, two centimeters, three centimeters thick. That's all it's got to be to stop the electricity getting from the ground into your body. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. That's all that's going to stop it. That's all that's going to stop it every single day. That is all. That's the difference between life and death. And God said to me, this is why. This is the point. This is what I'm trying to make. That's all that stops you from getting between me and and my power, you and my power. That's why I said take off the shoes. Take off the sandals. I don't want anything in between you and my power. And God's saying it again here tonight. I don't want anything in between you and my power. Nothing is to come between you and God's power. Are you hearing me, church? And today, actually, even if we could, I would even want us to 
take off our sandals, take off our shoes, get in the power of God. Um, just re- I know it's a bit old school, and I've been to some other churches where you, they make you take your shoes off before you get on the stage. Um, but just as even just symbolically to say, you know what? I'm leaving my old me behind. And I'm making a stand today to stand in his presence, stand in his power, to make a difference today, to make a change today. Can you do that? Can we do this together as a church? Can we have the keys or the band? Think about this. That's it. That's the difference. That soul. That right there. That cushioning. It's all it takes. That's all it takes. It can be something so insignificant to you, to, to the world even, to your family, to your friends. But that's all that will stop you from getting between God, you and God, today, tonight, this year, whatever it is. It only takes that much. That's the difference. Are you willing today to strip it all off? I mean, not all you, you know, I'm, figuratively. Take your shoes off. But to take off those limitations, the things that have been holding you back, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's fear that's been robbing you. Maybe it's past hurts. Maybe it's a sin you've just been carrying for too long. A moment that you'd rather forget. It was one time and you just wish it never happened. But you've been carrying it for too long. But you know that it's holding you back from getting between you and God. It's stopping you from experiencing His fire. His power, His presence, His glory. And if we could, right now, make a declaration today to take it all back, to take it all back, to take off our shoes, to take off those things that are saying, holding you back, the limitations. Can I have every head bowed, every eye closed in this place? Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.